I'm stuck at home with nothing to do, so I guess it's time for a podcast. Today we have only one game recap, um, because there was only one uh, head-to-head user game in the second half of the season, and then we'll get to a bunch of development trait news, uh, just peek at the playoffs real quick, and then uh, we have a little Madden EA uh, news that I think we can talk about, so that'll be interesting. So to get to the game recap real quick, um, actually I better I better play the music. That means it's time for the game recap. So in week 9, we had the Chiefs and the Patriots, and as usual, couldn't watch this game, nobody got to watch this game, and no one has reported on this game, so I am left to determine what happened based on the rumors that I see all over the internet. So from what I can gather, there was more streaking in this game, Uh, this time both coaches uh, were streaking, Uh, apparently... Uh, the field was really muddy, and they were upset at each other, and they ended up doing some naked mud wrestling at about the 25-yard line. And and that had to be broken up, and then both coaches had to be escorted from the game uh, before it could be completed. Uh, that's I read that um, in a internet forum somewhere, so I think it's probably true. <clears throat> uh, as far as the actual game goes, this was a 26-7 uh, New England victory over the Chiefs. And, again, you know, I don't know how that happened. It looks like someone has posited uh, that New England had 13 safeties and the Chiefs returned an onside's kick for a touchdown. Uh, Why New England was doing onside's kicks uh, when they were leading by 22 points after their 11th safety, I don't know. But it looks like that's what happened. Uh, Probably that's what happened. So we'll continue working on getting a correspondent to cover those games and report back to us. Uh, and as far as the playoffs go this year, I may or may not see those playoff games. So we may need some correspondence to help cover those as well. Uh, or I can just keep uh, scouring the internet for rumors about how they went and report on them that way. Um, so that's that's the only game recap. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and look at the playoffs real quick uh, since we're here. Uh, in the playoffs, in the wild card round, the Panthers beat the Rams 34-11, and the Patriots and Browns both had bye weeks, and the Chiefs lost to the Dolphins 21-17. And guys, if you ever think that you're going to do your team management, um, not based on what's best for your team, but... Uh, Based on other things, I would like to give you this little cautionary tale here. Uh, The Chiefs, at the beginning of the season, uh, knew that the Patriots were interested in re-signing Tremaine Edmonds uh, in his 18th year. Still going. Um, He's actually a guy that's in the real NFL, so one of the few that's still on the game that hasn't retired yet. Uh, They knew that the Patriots were interested in re-signing him. And it appeared that out of spite, um, they signed him so that the Patriots couldn't get him. 
and then immediately traded him to the Dolphins for a seventh-round pick. I think that's what happened. And in this game, Tremaine Edmonds had a sack and an interception. And the Chiefs were picked off five times in this game. Um, So that was only one of them, but just goes to show you, maybe team management should be what's best for your team and not necessarily uh, trying to mess with other people. It can really come back to bite you. Now, this Dolphins team has a bunch of former user team players on it. Um, So that's kind of what's going on here. It's a pretty good team, really. Uh, I haven't counted them, but there are at least six or seven that I can see that were noteworthy players for other teams, Um, the most noticeable being Lewis Calloway and Jalen Springs. So I don't know what's going on with the Browns and the Dolphins, uh, but both those players were former Browns players. Jalen Springs had a huge game in this game, over 100 yards rushing and also a good receiving game for him. So this Dolphins kind of looks like the the Browns' south a little bit. Um, But in the divisional round, the Patriots dispatched them pretty easily, uh, 65-10, and the Browns beat the Texans 77-0. So we'll have the Browns and Patriots in the AFC Championship game. The Panthers have not yet played the Cardinals, but I can only assume that they're going to win and they'll be in the Super Bowl from the NFC. So we will wait to see who their opponent will be uh, from the AFC. And hopefully that gets done this weekend, and hopefully that's a good game for the Super Bowl. Uh, Now one thing I did a couple of years ago when the Panthers missed the playoffs, and I think I may try to do this every time a user team misses the playoffs, um, is just take a look at that team real quick and see if we can determine why they aren't making the playoffs. So the Packers missed the playoffs this year. And some of it is just bad luck. Packers went 10-6, and six, which should get you into the playoffs pretty much every year. And a lot of other teams in the NFC had similar records. 10-6 and six actually got them third in their division, uh, which was what did it. If they would have gotten second, they would have been in. Um, but they lost to the Bears twice, who ended up second in the division. So that's part of it. Um, and then the Packers really kind of had a defensive overhaul this year. So it's going to be another year or two before that defense is kind of back up to snuff, uh, particularly at the linebacker and defensive back positions. So that was expected that they wouldn't be quite as good against the pass this year. And that's reflected in the stats. Um, The Packers are one of the best teams in the league against the run. Against the pass, they were pretty much middle of the pack as far as yards um, and passing touchdowns and all of that stuff. Probably would have been worse if they hadn't been, I think, third in the league in sacks. Um, So, you know, they didn't hold up well against the pass. That wasn't a big surprise for the Packers. And I would say that combined with um, they were, I believe, tied for first in the league in giveaways. And that ne- that's never good. That never never does the trick. Uh, 19 interceptions this year and zero fumbles. So it was all on Corcoran uh, giving up the football. And some of those were in victories, uh, but it also cost them in some losses. So, yeah, I, I think that's enough to say 
six losses, if six losses is going to keep you out of the playoffs, which is pretty rough if it does, um, being kind of bad in the secondary and giving up the football too much, that's enough to give you your six losses and keep you out of the playoffs. So that's the postmortem on the Packers' uh, failure to make the playoffs this year. You know what that sound means. That means it's time to talk about development rate games and improvements for players. I suspect this is becoming one of our most popular segments. So let's get right to it. Uh, the first one we've got here, and I'll try to just stay team by team instead of just going down this list on uh, Discord, if I can manage it. Um, Nate Can, wide receiver for the Patriots. Uh, had a 10-catch, 174-yard, four-touchdown game for the Patriots, and he became an X-Factor. Uh, this is a 95 overall receiver, 27 years old. Uh, he got the double-me X-Factor. Uh, the Patriots have two receivers with that now, where they win aggressive catches when they're in the zone. Uh, he's also a post-flag elite and an in-and-out elite, so good route runner, good hands, only 88 speed, that would be his only drawback. Does have 95 acceleration and 97 agility, so that's pretty good. Um, so it's a pretty good player for the Patriots there. They now have two X-Factor receivers and a superstar receiver. And I'm going to come back and mention that here in a bit uh, because I think it kind of matters. Uh, their left guard, Henson, revealed at a, as a star. Okay. Nobody cares about that. A star lineman? Come on. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody really cares about that one. I'm not even going to go look at him. I'm guessing he's a, a rookie. Uh, let's see. Any more for the Patriots? Okay, yeah, here we go. So, <clears throat> uh, tight end Hamlin reveals as a star. And I want to talk about this for a minute because... I think we can learn from this. This is Clinton Hamlin. He uh, was one of the best players in the draft. 6'1", 234-pound receiver. Had 90 speed, 87 acceleration, 84 agility. A lot of good catching statistics. Uh, 87 catching, 89 catch in traffic, 88 spectacular catch. Uh, route running could use a little work. Really good release statistics. And here's what the Patriots did with him. This was the third overall pick in the draft. They converted him to tight end, and that's fine. Um, he can be used there. The problem is they didn't use him there. They put him second on the depth chart and left him there all year. So really seems like a waste of the third overall pick, or at the very least a mismanagement of the third overall pick. Maybe that can still be salvaged. So you got to wonder what the plan was for the Patriots when they had, at the time, an X-Factor receiver and two superstar receivers, and they used the third overall pick on another receiver, uh, how was he going to get on the field? And converting them to tight end was maybe a way to get him on the field, except that they went ahead and kept playing their other tight end over him, uh, which kind of makes sense. That guy's a 91 overall. Um, but it just seems like if you draft a guy third overall, you should have a plan on what to do with him. you got to get him on the field. Maybe Nate Can could have been traded midseason before he became an X-Factor. 
uh, and Hamlin could have gotten on the field as a receiver. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, don't take a guy third overall and then just bury him on the depth chart and never use him. Seems like a waste. So he revealed as a star. I think if he would have gotten a chance to play, he would have gotten a game that would have given him a chance to become a superstar. I'm almost certain of that. So I think that was maybe a missed opportunity by the Patriots there. And that's all the Patriots players we've got to talk about right now. Uh, we'll go to the Browns. The Browns, who had three development games in a row, I believe, starting with the Tavon Rucker development game, and then they, they just kept getting them. And fortunately for the Browns, seem to have a little bit of fortune in this regard. Uh, I think they only had one head-to-head user game this year, so they got to play all these and uh, improve all these players. So Ace York became an X-Factor, had 20 tackles, 14 sacks, and three forced fumbles in that game. Uh, Just ridiculous. Things are pretty easy for the Browns, it seems like. So his X-Factor ability is he is an unstoppable force. So he's an elite pass rusher. When they enter the zone, they uh, increase their win rate and block shedding speed against one-on-one pass blocks. So he's got to get sacks to do that. He's also a secure tackler and a pass rush elite. So very good pass rusher right there. Uh, He's a 97 overall player right now. He's definitely going to be a problem for the Browns. Um, Probably in that... uh, Brown's tradition of having an outside linebacker that comes free to the quarterback a bunch and lights him up, uh, much in the same way of the, uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, the guy that everybody uh, can't decide how important he is, Mark Darden, uh, much in the vein of Mark Darden, he's going to get a lot of sacks because he's going to get free on blitzes, we'll see what he does in head-to-head user games if he's uh, really effective against Um, the Patriots, and possibly the Panthers later this year. And then the next game was Cam Clark, the left end for the Browns. Uh, He became a superstar. He's a 24-year-old player. He's an 85 overall right now. So that Browns front is coming along, and he gained the unfakeable ability. Uh, It seems to be a pretty popular one on Madden. Interestingly, this Browns 3-4 defense um, where you typically expect the really bigger defensive ends. They got Cam Clark, he's a 251-pound defensive end, and Evan Griffey is a 257-pound defensive end, so a little undersized there. Um, and then their defensive tackles, uh, at least the guys that are playing, are under 300 pounds. <coughs> so a little bit smaller on the defensive front for the Browns. Doesn't seem to be slowing them down any. And I know I've kind of liked that with the 3-4 before, too. Um, Be a little smaller, a little quicker, but it does mean that every once in a while, maybe somebody can push you around. See, last thing for the Browns, they had some rookies reveal. uh, Payne revealed as a star. I believe that was their rookie receiver. Let me see if I can find him. Yeah, Diamond Payne is a star. He is the third receiver for the Browns, uh, so they can kind of afford to have that happen. He's an 86 overall right now. 96 speed, so one of the fastest players in the league. And then the middle linebacker they drafted to, really nobody's surprised, uh, revealed as a superstar, Darius Billingsley. 
87 speed at the middle linebacker, so they can use him to cover tight ends if they want. Uh, 23 years old, he's an 81 overall. His ability is he's a secure tackler, which I think is one of the more boring abilities, but also really handy, uh, especially in the head-to-head user games. Uh, It's really handy to have somebody that's just going to get the people tackled, and you don't have to worry about it. So, for the Panthers, there are only a few to go over here. Uh, They had two rookies reveal, and as it's put in the chat, in the lamest update that will ever be received on this channel, free safety Del Bernie has gone from normal to star. I don't think this guy's a starter. Nolan Waters will stay. Yeah, he's the backup to Nolan Waters. So, at free safety, that's uh, it's good to have those better players uh, stepping up for you when people get injured. And then, uh, defensive tackle Parrish Gilbert. This is, I believe, he was drafted as a defensive end and moved to defensive tackle for the Panthers. Parrish Gilbert reveals as a superstar. This is a 22-year-old rookie. That's an 82 overall. And he is, uh, his ability is an inside stuff. So faster uh, shedding against run blocking, it looks like. Oh, against inside zone plays. So that's kind of specific. Uh, but I'm going to have to keep that in mind when I play the Panthers. And of course, he's a rookie, so he's only going to get better. And then lastly, for the Packers, uh, tight end Jalen Arbery, Alberry, excuse me, um, revealed as a or he became a superstar out of a development game. This is a receiver that was uh, transferred to tight end and not the best tight end on their roster, but they played him a bunch in the regular season in an attempt to improve him and get him a bunch of experience points. And so that paid off. He's a superstar. He has no abilities yet. He hasn't reached 80 overall. He started pretty low, below 70, I think. He's a 77 right now. Uh, so he looks like he's got a bright future, Jalen Albury for the the Packers. And then uh, middle linebacker Trenton Brown uh, is a superstar. This is a rookie middle linebacker. And his ability as an 80 overall, he has the under-pressure ability where he can apply pressure to the quarterback from a greater distance. So he makes quarterbacks a little more uh, nervous when he gets near to them. Uh, which means he's going to have to blitz to use that ability. So maybe the the Packers start blitzing him a little bit. And I don't think they had any other rookies that revealed. So that would be the development traits that we're covering today. There'll probably be a few more once the uh, awards come out here at the end of the year. So look forward to that. So that sound means that we have breaking news, except that it's not really breaking, it's several days old, but I wanted a sound effect for it, so that's what we got. Um, And this is that there's a little bit of news about Madden 21. I don't know how much I want to talk about that necessarily, except that uh, it's specifically about improvements to franchise mode. So this is an article from Forbes, if you want to find it. Yeah, Forbes is writing about Madden. And um, they're talking about the team of developers they have working 
on Madden and specifically the franchise mode. Uh, and from the article, the quote is, according to the breakdown, the Madden franchise team will receive a higher percentage of team bandwidth. So that's corpo jargon that means almost nothing, I would think. Um, and, it, and certainly sounds like it was written by video game coders or developers or whatever. And, and there's some of that in this article. But I want to get to some of the interesting points. It's pretty much known on the internet and and, and elsewhere that uh, EA spends most of its resources on uh, FIFA. I think that's the name of its soccer franchise. Because that's played worldwide. Soccer is a worldwide sport, or or football uh, is a worldwide sport, has appeal around the globe. So they're selling more of those games than Madden. That makes sense. Um, but a lot of people online think that Madden really kind of gets ignored a little bit by EA, and that may be true. Um, so much so that there's a hashtag fix Madden franchise uh, that circulates out there. And it does have issues. Uh, um, none of this is about the gameplay, but the gameplay has issues. Uh, every once in a while you have glitches where players disappear from the field or the routes invert so that the receivers are running their routes behind the line of scrimmage instead of in front of it. Or uh, we've all seen if you try to do an onside kick and then you audible to kick it down the field that for some reason their uh, game engine just doesn't handle that real well and it looks really freaking goofy. Um, none of this is about the gameplay glitches, uh, but there are also major glitches in franchise mode. We've all noticed them. Um, one that doesn't really matter is when you're doing uh, player development and you add experience points to a player sometimes it just changes the emblem behind them to one of the other teams things like that there are some worse things too um, and I, I don't expect them to get it all fixed in fact I don't expect them to fix most of it because I, I just don't think EA really puts that much time into their franchise but here are some of the things they're saying they're going to be working on uh, number one, tuning. So this is going to be improved progression and regression of players. Improve core player progression into the future such that X-Factors and other abilities for older players work well with incoming rookie classes. What does that mean? I, I don't really know. Uh, I'm assuming it's something like if you have a player that's good, if you have a middle linebacker that's good in coverage and you draft a highly skilled middle linebacker that's probably going to become a superstar or an X-Factor. Maybe he'll pick up some of those same abilities. I, I think it could mean something like that. Uh, AI personnel management. The AI will make better team management decisions in the draft, free agency, and trades. I'm guessing that means other teams that the computer is handling. I think I'll believe it when I see it. Madden has a long history of uh, computer-controlled teams just not knowing what they're doing, and that's a hard thing to fix because it just—I don't think the AI handles that very well. Unless they're going to greatly improve their AI, they may fix a couple of trade glitches or something. But I, I don't know. Uh, playoff and Super Bowl presentation: improve and refresh. Well, that doesn't tell you much. Uh, here's an interesting one. 
X-Factor and Superstar Customization. Introduce the ability to customize X-Factor and abilities on all players, allowing you to customize your roster as you see fit. This could be interesting. I, I think they need to be careful with that and limit it to some degree. I don't know if this means that every single X-Factor and Superstar player, you'll get to pick what abilities they have. I think that that sounds like a bad idea to me. I think maybe they should give you a little bit of an idea of how you can influence their abilities based on how you play the game or how you train them or something. I think that would be cool. Uh, I don't think they should give you the ability to just change it to whatever to whatever you want because then everybody's going to have these kind of crazy players. Um, but I think that's one of the more interesting things on this list, and I'm going to get to uh, one of the the uh, another more interesting one. Uh, career stats and UI improved UI showing historical player performances, more immersion and depth on how players have progressed in your franchise. Okay, whatever. I, I do think one of the things about Madden that I've found dumb is that you can't look at a player's history and see every transaction that he's been through, every team he's played for, all of that, uh, because you used to be able to do that on older versions of Madden, and it seems like they've lost a lot of that sort of thing. Uh, trade logic, more fidelity, depth, and authenticity. Okay. Again, don't know what that means. Maybe trades will be make a little more sense. I, I don't think that's completely broken on this current version of Madden. I do think you can find ways to exploit it a little bit, but I don't think it's broken. Retirement UI, better insight into retirements each season to allow players to react and manage. I don't know if that's a real big part of the game. Playoffs update, add an authentic playoff bracket screen to see who's in, who's won, and who's up next. I would like that. Um, we can see the weekly schedule when the playoffs roll around, but I don't know why we can't just see a bracket. Just like you would see on any basketball video game you would play when you get to the playoffs or the NCAA tournament. Why can't we just see a playoffs bracket? Uh, it would be great if they would add that. I think it would also be nice to see a playoffs race screen that it would explain the different scenarios for how your team makes the playoffs or how they're going to be out. Um, that might take a little more work, but gosh dang it, they're a giant company they can do that. Uh, player progression, as well as the escalating, de-escalating, de uh, and acquisition of X-Factors are important to this area of franchises sorely lacking. I'm just reading this guy's article now. So, Commissioner Tools. here's an, And I don't know what all is in the Commissioner Tools right now, um, but this is... This is something that would be interesting to see these added. Some of these would be good. Some of them, I don't know. Uh, it says, EAA describes this as a larger bucket of items that will require, require a great deal of work to bring together. That's for certain, but for now, EA lists the following as its top priorities on the Commissioner Tools front. Uh, number one, the ability to undo transactions, reducing friction and control over player movement, contracts, and trades. I don't know if we've had many instances where this would have been useful in our franchise. It probably would have been useful the uh, couple of times that we ended up skipping a player's draft pick and 
because we advanced past it and then the computer picked for them. I don't know if that would fall under this ability to undo transactions. It seems like just signing and trading players is the only thing that would be traded here, but uh, maybe it would. So yeah, if we had the ability to just go backwards in general, that would be a nice commissioner tool to fix mistakes. Uh, number two, ability to approve trades. That's probably a good thing. Uh, number three, this is interesting, and I wonder if they would expand this beyond just what it says here. But number three, ability to reset a game in case of a disconnect. So I don't know what that means, but it'd be interesting. Obviously, the resetting the game thing, we've kind of had to deal with that. It would also be interesting if you could reset the game to a certain point in the game, and it doesn't say anything about that, if there's any flexibility here about that. We'd also have to come up with rules about when you reset it to a, a certain point, try to pick up where you left off, and when you don't, so I don't know. And then there's a little bit in this article about um, more things that they want to do for Madden 22, but that's kind of looking into the future a little bit. So, looks like EA, in general, is looking for more feedback. So maybe, maybe we want to send them some feedback from our franchise? I don't know. Um, but if you want to read that article, that's on Forbes.com. The title is Madden 21, EA Reveals Plans to Improve Franchise Mode. Apparently there is a, a games writer for Forbes magazine, so he wrote that article. Um, it definitely, there's a lot of areas that could use improvement. I was doing a little bit of research to try to confirm that our franchise ends at 30 years, and it looks like somewhere around that period, if you're doing a franchise by yourself, it will just make your coach retire, and that's the end of your franchise, but still no confirmation on an online franchise with multiple people if if it comes to an end at 30 years. I think maybe we can just assume that it does and operate under that uh, assumption. But as I was doing that, I came across a bunch of forums where people were griping about all the problems with Madden, and i got to agree with a lot of them. Um, one of them, I found one post where some guy went on for pages, um, and he was pretty much right about everything, and one of them was the uh, helium balloon factor when a pass gets tipped and just goes flying, that they should solve that. Defensive backs, their ball skills are way too good when they have a chance to intercept a pass, and I pretty much agree with that. Uh, a bunch of things like that. So if EA is really serious about improving uh, the franchises and the gameplay would be good too, then that could be good. I, I had thought, I don't really want to buy Men 21. I'd rather just, if we want to keep doing franchises, keep doing it on Madden 20. I don't really feel like spending 60 bucks to get a new version just because it's new. But if they are going to improve things, then maybe it's worth it. And maybe that's something that we can look at as a group. So anyway, I talked about that maybe longer than I intended to. Uh, but I thought it was fairly interesting. And uh, I look forward to any feedback or group discussion from, the, uh, from everybody in our franchise if there's anything interesting there. So that'll be the podcast today. Uh, we'll look for another one after the Super Bowl, probably. <laughs>